Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. Amen. Good exhortation. You know, it says when you come together as a church, as a family, one has a psalm, one has a hymn, one has a teaching, one has an exhortation, one has a cheesecake. One has other things. You bring it all together and you have a good time, right? Amen. Are you up for a few minutes more? I think it all fits together to today, just the whole thing, the, the worship, the word, uh, prophecy, uh, the exhortation from Richard. And, um, you know, there's a scripture as he was speaking about the foundation and, and, and where things are at. And it's to the church of Sardis in chapter 3 of Revelation. It says, I know all the things you do and all that you have a reputation for being alive, but you are dead. Wake up and strengthen what little remains, for, what, for even what is left is almost dead. And I was thinking, he was talking about a foundation. And, uh, you know, you can build a nice house on it, but if the foundation is not good... Uh, the house has troubles, and you've got to get in there and redo that foundation and lay the right foundation to uh, preserve and to strengthen what does remain. And I think that's a good exhortation to each of us personally. You know, where's my life? How is my life in alignment, you know, yeah. with, with the things that God is doing today? When my body's out of alignment you know, you run to the chiropractor, you go to the massage therapist, you get it, you get it straightened out, you know, um, and then you're, you're good to go. You, you're back in alignment, and uh, that's how you strengthen the things that remain. You get in alignment with God. I'm going to move up here. I can't resist. <laughs> the the Hobbit hut. I love it. <laughs> if I just had big, hairy feet. <laughs> well, what the Lord gave me to share this morning is called In the Fulfillment of Time. In Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. It says, but at the right time, in the fulfillment of time, Christ came. Let's turn there. Galatians chapter 4. You know, at the wedding last night, uh, the night before the wedding, Nancy and I were talking. And uh, she said, you know, we were talking about marriage. You know, we're talking about Matt and Lisa getting married and just marriage, what marriage is like. I, I kind of revealed a few things last night that I learned about marriage. But we were talking uh, about, she, she made the statement, well, marriage is, is a lot of compromise. I fully agreed with that. And then we went in and we sat down and we watched this movie called The Two Popes. Uh, it was a good movie. And it was about the previous pope and the, and the present pope. And, and that, and I'm, I'm sure they took a lot of liberties to make it a movie, but the, the Pope 
the, the, the coming pope, he was just a cardinal, made the statement, he says, well, uh, life is a lot of compromise, because he was trying to convince the old pope or the, the pope, present pope to not retire. And he says, you know, we have to compromise. And the pope says to the cardinal, he says, no, life is not compromise. Life is change. It's about change. And, you know, I thought, wow, how soon after we just had this discussion about marriage, and it seems so right, but the reality is marriage is about change, not about compromise. So, in the fulfillment of time, Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. Let's back up a little bit, though, to verse 1. Think of it this way. If a father dies and leaves an inheritance for his young children... Those children are not, not much better off than slaves until they grow up, until they mature. Even though they actually own everything their father had, they have to obey their guardians until they reach whatever age their father set. And that's the way it was with us before Christ came. We were like children. We were slaves to the basic spiritual principles of this world. But when the right time came, when the fulfillment of time came, when the time was full, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. The fulfillment of time. God has a right time. God has a right time in your life. Um, the days of Elijah, when Ahab married Jezebel, and she brought all of Israel into the worship of false gods and into Baal, and she persecuted the prophets of God and uh, made prophets unto herself uh, of, of Baal to, to worship Baal. And Israel turned away from God and began to serve Baal. And God moved upon Elijah's heart and he went and he said to Ahab, it's not going to rain for three and a half years. I'm going to pray to God and it's not going to rain for three and a half years. And you think of, well, why three and a half years? I mean, a famine came on the land. They were dependent upon rain. Uh, they didn't have the irrigation systems that we have today. The farmer counted and operated his uh, planting cycle and his season around the rainy seasons, so on and so forth. So if it doesn't rain for three and a half years, there's a lot of suffering that eventually takes place. A lot of difficulties that take place. Sometimes we say in our own lives, Why, how long is this going to take? Why am I going through this for so long? This has been a long time. We're spoiled. To me, a long time is like, this has been a day. I believe it took three and a half years to begin to cause the hearts of the people that had turned away, the hearts of Israel that had turned away, it took three and a half years for them to begin to go, oh man, 
God and begin to lift up their eyes once again and say, is there a God in Israel? They had forgotten God. They were serving Baal, which is serving the flesh, simply serving the flesh. And it took three and a half years of suffering for them to come to a place of calling out on God. And then uh, God spoke to Elijah, said, go tell Ahab, you know, what's going to happen. The story's in 1 Kings chapter 17. I really encourage you to read it. I'm not going to read it this morning, but it's a great story. It's one of the, the, the uh, events of the Bible that can captivate you, and you just see this whole sequence. Um, but in James chapter 5, verse 13 through 19, he, he speaks to the same issue about the three and a half years. Elijah prayed, but then he says that he prayed again when the time was come, when the fullness of time was there, when it was the kairos. We're going to look at a couple of Greek words this morning, the kairos and the chronos time. We're going to look at the difference of that and how that affects your life. Uh, when it was the kairos time of God, he says to Elijah, now pray for rain. It was interesting. He says, pray for rain. He prayed for rain, and he sent his servant out. He says, go look. Is there any clouds? And the servant came back and said, no clouds. And he prayed more. He says, go look. Is there? He says, pray more. You know, he kept sending his servant, go look. And the servant goes and looks. He says, I see a cloud the size of a man's fist. And Elijah said, you better run. It's going to rain. You better start running. It's going to rain. You know, I have a tendency, I got to be honest, I have a tendency to just stand there until the thundercloud pours down on me. And then I'm like, oh, a little too late. I think it works in perfect with what Richard was talking about this morning, with what the, the, the prophetic word this morning was saying, you know, get yourself in alignment and build a foundation, get that squared away. You better be prepared now. For when the time comes. In fact, Christians that are really prepared often look funny. You know, think of a guy dressed in a scuba gear in Arizona in the desert. You'd go, guys, a bubble off. Something's wrong. But when the rain comes, you're like, whoa. Yeah, he, he saw something. Noah and the ark. He saw it coming. The people laughed and scoffed and carried on. We need to get our lives prepared. Anyway, kairos time is a Greek word meaning opportunity, a season, and a fitting time. Kronos is a sequence of moments emphasizing a duration of time. Now I'm going to give us a little updated version of that. The chronos time is when your wife says, did you get everything loaded in the car? I'm ready to go. And you go, okay, and you go sit in the car. And you wait. And you wait. And you wait. Men understand chronos time better than women. I believe women understand the kairos time. 
Because then the woman shows up, the wife shows up at the car and says, I'm ready to go. And that's Kairos. It's, it's now. This is the opportune time, and you drive away. <laughs> Not very much laughter here this morning. My wife's given me the eye. An appointed time expressed as kairos with no regard to length of time. So in uh, Galatians chapter 4, when we've said in the fullness of time, the chronos had passed, and it was the kairos moment of God saying, now it's fulfilled and this is going to happen. And so what we have to be as Christians is alert so that when that kairos moment comes, we seize it. We step into it. You press into it. You say, here I am, God, use me. And we don't know when those are going to be. If you're always thinking it's down there, you may miss that Kairos moment in your life. <clears throat> the form... Kairos, in its form, is used 86 times in the New Testament. A couple of examples, Matthew chapter 8. Verse 29. Did I get that right? They began scream, screaming at him, Why are you interfering with us, Son of God? Have you come here to torture us before God's appointed time? There's a Kairos moment there. The, the devil did not understand the moment of God. See, and that's one of the powerful things about walking and being prepared and stepping into that Kairos moment in your life is the devil's unprepared for that. We went to Argentina a few years back, a number of years back, and uh, it just drove some of the people crazy because they're never on time for anything. They said, well, we're going to have a meeting at 2 o'clock. 2 o'clock comes, they're having a wedding. No, I had that backwards. The wedding was supposed to be at 2. And the people had to keep waiting for it, right? Anyway, everything's thrown off. We had some friends. We had some folks there from Portland, church in Portland, uh, on this trip. And they did everything by chronos. Everything was down to the minute. Down to the minute. I mean, in Argentina, and they're wearing ties and suits and watches. And they're continually going like this. By the third day, they're like, tie's gone, watch is gone. They go, I give up. Yeah. But the, this, this evangelist brother made a powerful statement. He says, well, we say we're meeting at 10. The devil comes to resist us at 10, but by 12, he gives up and leaves, and then we have our meeting. I think that's a powerful thing to take in and put in your spirit is that 
if you're walking and you're, you, you're looking and you're aligned and you're looking for the alignment and you're looking for the thing of God, when that moment happens, you can step into it. You're prepared. And the devil does not know that moment. And that's why it defeats him. Uh, uh, Luke chapter 19. Are you all with me? You got a few more minutes left in you? Luke 19. story about Jesus weeping over Jerusalem in verse 41. But as he came closer to Jerusalem and saw the city ahead, he began to weep. How I wish today that you, of all people, would understand the way to peace. But now it is too late, and peace is hidden from your eyes. Before long, your enemies will build ramparts against your walls and encircle you and close in on you from every side. They will crush you into the ground and your children with you. Your enemies will not leave a single stone in place because you did not accept your opportunity for salvation. Now, that's an interesting statement. Even salvation is a kairos moment. There's a kairos moment even for the unbeliever. The gospel gets preached to him, and he has to make that decision. See, I had the gospel preached to me many times, and I just was like crazy Christians, you know, goofballs. They need a crutch. I, I said it all. Deep in my heart, though, my grandmother and my mother and father had planted in me that Jesus is the Lord, and I had this philosophy when I got into my 60s, I would accept him and slip in, and until then, I'm going to have fun. But something happened. I said to my wife one day, if God is real, he's just going to have to tell me himself. And somebody drove by in a truck, pulled up to us, said, you want to ride? I said, no. They said, well, God told me to pick you up. And we got in the truck and he says, God told me to tell you there's no way you are ever going to get to know him. And I had just said to my wife, if God is real, he's going to have to tell me. There's no way you're ever going to get to know him. Well, that got me going. I don't like people that do that. I said, well, hang back, dude. Who do you think you are telling me what God will do? And he says, you need to surrender your life to Jesus, then you will know God. Yeah. Well, it didn't happen right at that moment. We lived kind of privately with a few other people that lived privately. And we didn't want people to know where we lived. This guy was sneaky. He, he took us to our cabin up Huffman Road there and said, I'll be here. Found out where we lived, you know. And he says, I'll be here Thursday night. I'm going to pick you up and take you to church. And uh, Thursday night came. I was totally forgotten it. And here pulls in this, this guy. And he takes my wife and I to church. And in that meeting that night, I had a Kairos moment. Yeah. 
Kairos is related to the Greek word kara, which means head. A kairos is a time when things come to a head. requiring a decisive action. There are those moments in God, they're not just like, oh, I'm going to drop a little bit of revelation on you. And you know, oh. No, I'm going to drop something on you, and it's going to require a decisive action. Right. I'm going to tell on Vic a little bit here and close with this. I remember when Vic came to me, I, I don't do this very often, but he says, man, I've been praying and this woman keeps coming to my mind. And I knew, I knew Larissa, I had met her briefly uh, and, and just her spirit and, and uh, just saw her in a few days time there during your mother's uh, funeral memorial throughout that time. And he says, I've been thinking of this, this woman, Larissa, and, and I think maybe, maybe she's the one for me. What do you think? And I thought, he's going to miss this Kairos moment. And I said, what I would do is I would get a plane ticket, I would get on the plane, and I would be there tomorrow before something else changes. And he went, oh. I'll go pray about it. He almost missed his Kairos moment because when he did get there, she said, well, I'm going to pray about you for a while. <laughs> a Kairos moment comes from the root word kara, which means head. It's a time when things come to a fulfillment, comes to the fulfillment of time. It comes to a head, and it requires a decision. God requires us to live a life that comes to a place of decision. Amen? I'm going to close with this. This is a prophetic word that came to us for the first of the year. It says, I believe the Spirit of the Lord is saying this is a time of new, be new beginnings. Embrace the new beginnings, that requires a decision. It requires an action. I've sent angels into your midst as messengers. They are here to conduct my business. His business is Kairos moments, bringing things to a head. They are here because I sent them to this place. For the fields, it goes on to say, the fields are white unto harvest. And that's why we felt God told us to change our name a couple years ago. Now, in the meantime, you're like, well, God, that's, in my mind, that meant this and this and this, and we were going to have this happen and that happen. That's Kronos. That's Kronos. We're, 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 we're walking in those moments, that sequence, that linear time. But if we're not walking circumspectly, we'll miss when the Kairos moment hits. And we won't step into it, which is that moment that hits. Reap the harvest, says the Spirit of God. Reap the harvest. 
I would have this place filled with new believers. I believe God has collected a lot of maturity and newness at the same time in this house, in this place, so that we can be ready at that Kairos moment to see God move in a very mighty way. Do not be discouraged. It's easy to be discouraged in the chronos of time. Oh, three and a half years. This is a long time. Two weeks. This is a long, this, this has been a while. I've been praying. I have been praying for 10 years. This is honest. For a lead guitarist. You think, I have. In that amount of time, you know, we have people come and go that are musicians, and I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh. See, I believe musical instruments are very prophetic, and they bring in the atmosphere of God. And one of those, to me, is lead guitar. In fact, when I get to heaven, I'm going to be able to play it. Right now, I can't do anything, you know, except for, you know, Mr. Bojangles. But uh, anyway... (laughs) So anyway, a new one shows up that actually plays lead guitar, and uh, we got together and chatted a little bit, and I was thinking about this in this term, and I'm like, this is a Kairos moment, I'm going to snap it. <laughs> hey, why don't you come play Sunday? So you don't know this, brother, but uh, you're, you're the fulfillment of 10 years of prayer. <laughs> what took you so long? Hey, let's close with a song. Let's close with a song. Let's worship the Lord. Thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website, whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you today.